one true and living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. So God has called us. He's called us through the first reading, through the psalm, through the second reading, through the gospel. And maybe among the most important things I can say to you as we enter into this conversion is simply what St. Paul says to us. God is for you, not against you. God is for you, not against you. But we all know this, as God calls us to himself, he wants to clean us up. We heard that in the first reading, be holy as I am holy. So we call this the process of conversion. Technical theological terms, salvation and sanctification. Salvation, the work of Jesus Christ on the cross, his life, his death, his resurrection. Sanctification, the work of the Holy Spirit, continue to make us holy as he is holy. How is God doing that today? Well, that's where you get to talk to me. Open your Bibles. If you have the black Bibles under your chairs or you want to use your smartphones, Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24, beginning at verse 13. If you're using your black chair Bibles, it's page 831. If you're not, I can't help you. Luke chapter 24, verse 13. So we're not going to take a whole lot of time to do this because today I especially want you to reflect more than just hearing me proclaim things to you as I've already done. I want us to interact with these three ideas. And, and stay with me and stay focused because I want to take them one at a time. What does this text say about God? What does it say about humanity? And what is God calling me or and or us to do about it? Because we're not Lone Ranger Christians. We're a community, Quinonia. We're a fellowship. We're a body of Christ. We're a bride of Christ. So what's good for one is good for all in the sense of Christian faith and morals. So first question, stay on the first question. What do you see in this passage that says something about God? What do you see about God in this passage? When you're ready to answer, please raise your hand so I can find you. Yes. He wants to spend time with us. Good. What else do you see about God? Yes. We might not always recognize him. Steve? He talks to us. Right. He's made flesh. Is one of the principal things that we see. What else do we see in this passage? Yes. He keeps his promises, yes. What else do you see about God in this passage? He's got a sense of humor. Thanks be to God. He did make a platypus after all. What else do you see about God in this passage? Yes? Say again. Keep on praying, yes. Good. What do you see about Jesus? Yes. He comes near to us. He's constantly pursuing us. Death could not hold him. He is risen from the dead. Maybe most, one of the most central and significant things we see about God in this passage. He was made flesh. He died. Death could not hold him. Now he appears to them in the flesh risen from the dead. And what does he say to them? Why were their hearts burning? What was he doing? He was explaining the scriptures. There I was. Here I am. There I will be. 
you should have seen it coming. But we didn't, so we killed him. And yet he forgave us because he's for us, not against us. What do we see about humanity? Somebody said it earlier. We don't always see him clearly at first. What else do you see about humanity? We can be hard of heart and, and slow to understand. What else? Sarah? Very good. Did our hearts not burn within us? We walk by faith, not by sight. We don't always see him at first, and yet our hearts burn within us when the word of God is revealed to us. By the way, if we think God is not with us, we'll we'll just go on about our business, won't we? Sarah? Yes. We are a people who don't just want to rely on what other people have said. We want to see it for ourselves. I mean, is that not Thomas from last week? What else does it say about us? Thank you. <laughs> we, we need him. We need him. And in what ways specifically do we see that we need him? In the scripture, to open our eyes. It's the distinct difference between human reason, which is finite and flawed and fallible. If I make it up, I might come to all kinds of conclusions that are not right. By the way, different religions in the world. What is required to complete and perfect my human reason? Divine revelation. How do we know first in the person, the presence, and power of Jesus Christ himself, who is victorious over the grave. Second, by the reading of Scripture that has pointed us to these things, I told you so. And what else? It says it. The breaking of bread. Is there a better day we could have done an instructed Eucharist than to talk about the reading of Scripture and the breaking of bread. What does Jesus say? Pay attention in the canon of the Mass. This is my flesh which is given for you. Do what? This. This is my blood which is poured out for many. Do this. Why? Look at the pagan religions throughout antiquity. If I'm left to my reason alone... I'll make up all kinds of things that are pleasing to me, but may not and probably will not be pleasing to God at all. So he reveals to us what is pleasing to him. Wash your hands before you come to the meal. Baptism, Eucharist. Even a child can understand. Yes, Yes. Yes. First time, say again. Yes. Yes. 
Our eyes were open through the fall. Our eyes were open again through Christ. You see the recapitulation of the whole story going on right here in the resurrection of Jesus. What is this calling you, us, to do about it? Conversion. Repent. Change your mind. Turn away from the world, the flesh, and the devil. Turn toward Jesus Christ revealed to us in Scripture in the breaking of bread. Why? Because he's for us, not against us. Yes. Not just your head, but also in your heart. James tells us this. Even the demons believe that there's one God, and what do they do? They shudder. They believe, but they don't behave. So it's not just intellectual knowledge. It's volitional knowledge. And the intellectual and the volitional connect when the head and the heart connect. He calls us to conversion, and that's how he cleans us up in baptism to prepare us for the banquet that he wants to share with us. And so, by the way, what we're doing here every Sunday morning in proclaiming his life, death, and resurrection is a very foretaste of the thing that we're going to be doing for all of eternity. He's prepared a feast for us, a a banquet where we will sit at table with him in the place that he's prepared for us, where there's no more pain, no more death, no more suffering, no more dying. But all who hear the call and heed the conversion then do the next thing we're about to do, which is called confession. So let me teach us very quickly about confession and simply say that in our worship service, we actually make three different confessions. Call, conversion, confession. The first confession we make is in the ancient and communal Nicene Creed. Notice how it starts. We believe. We believe in one God. The Creed is Trinitarian. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and then the things about the church and repentance that lead us unto faith and everlasting life. So our first conversion... Our first confession after conversion is the declaration of the Christian faith. Yes, I believe these things. And I'm not going to live any longer for the world, the flesh, and the devil. So the second thing that we confess is in the prayers of the people, our constant and abiding need of him. As the scriptures tell us to pray for all kinds of things, and so we do. But then thirdly and principally, we confess our sins. We confess our sins. We confess the faith. We confess our need for him. And we confess our sins. This is the process of salvation and sanctification. What does Paul say? Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. How do we do that? Confess the creed. Confess our need for him in prayer. Confess our sins to him. And that's how he cleans us up and makes us ready to commune with him. So by the way, There is an altar call every single Sunday that happens right here at Christ the Redeemer. Can you see it? Call, conversion, confession, communion. That's the goal. Preaching is just a means to the end. What's the end? Listen for it in the canon of the Mass, that we will see him face to face. How do we see him now? In the bread and the wine. What does that do? Prepares us for how we will see him face to face one day. 
Let us stand and begin our confession. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is visible and invisible. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father, who with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.